Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be up here. Welcome to all you online. Uh, Moses, Moses, God said. You know, uh, I've been studying Moses uh, in Exodus for the last probably, I don't know, two or three months. Yeah, I sort of get warmed up for a lesson and, uh, and uh, research it and read it and get excited about it because it's, it's an awesome privilege to, uh, to bring the Word of God uh, and share it and live it and love it. Uh, it's, it's just so special. Uh, Moses, what a great man of God. Uh, God used him like really no other man. Uh, stop and think about it. He wrote the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament. Uh, and you c- can you imagine writing God's word uh, some 700 years after it ha- happened? You know, he wrote, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 700 years after, at least, after God uh, created. So God inspired Moses put it, to put that into his mind to write it down so that we would know about the creation. And so Moses just did incredible things. Uh, and God used, uh, he chose Moses as the deliverer. Uh, you know, I, can, I read how Moses is a great liberator. It's just like Jesus is our great li- liberator. He sets us free. God, uh, God chose Moses to be a great liberator to set his fe- people free. Um, he chose him as a great legislator. Uh, Moses wrote down the God's laws. Uh, and today we have God's word as our uh, legislation. Uh, guides us, blesses us, strengthens us, shows us the way. Uh, and finally, uh, Moses was the mediator. Uh, God's people were constantly crying out why have you put me in this situation? Why have you set me free? I want to go back to Egypt. It, God's people were crying to Moses. And Moses would cry out to God, and God would say, uh, be quiet, do my will. Tell them where we're going. <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear your excuses. Sounds a lot like how we are with Jesus, you know, how we are with Jesus. Uh, as God has chosen Moses to be one uh, to set his people free, uh, be inspired today to say, Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And there's no doubt that Moses had his doubts, as we do. But the scripture says, I just read it, you and me can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And there, there could be no doubt there. I've, I've seen it in action. Uh, I've seen it in action. And we're going to read about how God will inspire um, Moses to do the same. The book of Exodus is all about deliverance, about setting people free. But God needed a deliverer. And it's funny how God works. You know, it'd be nice if God just spoke to us all and told each one of us what to do. And he sort of does. But, you know, sometimes we need a deliverer, someone to come up alongside us, to encourage us on, to uh, share the word of God in a special way. We talked about that this morning in Bible study, how... Each of us should have that as a goal. The Great Commission tells us to go out and make disciples of all nations. Uh, Jesus says, seek, go and seek and save the lost. That's what I came for. And that's what we as Christians need to do. So God needed a deliverer. Guess who it was? Moses. He goes, Moses, Moses. In my mind, he says, Rick, Rick. You might say, Diane, Diane. You might say, put your name, your name. When he repeats something, Pay attention. Listen. 
So this lesson, I hope, will inspire you uh, to let God use you to His glory. I hope He's calling you out right now, repeating your name, set my people free, as He did to Moses. Exodus chapter 3, which is we're going to spend most of the time in today, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And here's God's holy word. And what's funny is Moses is writing this. You know, <laughs> I just think it's so exciting to, to it'd be like, like you and me to look back over our life and write each of those things down that we did over the years, even the ridiculous things that we did over the years and record them down and write them all down and, and, and pass them on to our grandchildren or our children. <laughs> you know, they can laugh at, at, at me how I, uh, you know, thought I was so good for all those years and all of a sudden I realized I, I wasn't. God is good. <laughs> and I wrote that down. And th this is what Moses is writing down right now. Um, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the f flock to the far side of the wilderness, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the, within the bush. He goes, Moses, Moses. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Moses has uh, been tending the sheep for 40 years. Uh, he's 80 years old at this point in his life. Uh, 40 years being an Egyptian and 40 years being a, a shepherd. And so uh, he, he's ready. Uh, he's ready to take, get back on the road, which he wanted to do 40 years earlier. So he sees a burning bush, a fire that doesn't burn up. And it's most likely Jesus is in that bush. Jesus is calling out, Moses, Moses. Uh, and it makes so much sense. You know, Jesus was there in the beginning. And I, I love how this reminds me about the burning fire that each one of us has in us, the Holy Spirit. It's that burning fire that uh, motivates us to love Jesus with all our heart, mind, and soul. Do, do God's will. Open the books, the, the holy book. Take up our staff, which is the word of God, and, and go with it. Now, M Moses, 80 years old, says, uh, you know, I hear this burning bush talking to me. Um, but let's, let's sort of read the uh, history of Moses as uh, over in Luke uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Acts 7, uh, 20 through 38. And it's quite a bit of reading, but it's, it's so interesting and uh, fascinating. I really uh, wanted to read the whole thing. And, uh, um, Acts chapter 7, verses 20 through 38. This is an exciting uh, recount of uh, Stephen before he was going to be killed and stoned to death. He wanted to preach one last word to his fellow uh, Jews. And he's preaching with all his heart, mind, and soul. At this time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. And when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. 
When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon the two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you try to hurt each other? But the men who were mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flaming the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount, Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not even dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. If I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, I have heard their groanings and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses that had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent by their ruler and delivered by God himself to the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me for your own pe from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors, and he received living words to pass on to us. Uh, great scriptures and a lot of stuff in there. What a man of God Moses was, and he was no ordinary child in verse 20. At the time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. Uh, verse 22 says, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. He was no ordinary child. In fact, some commentaries say that Moses was being trained up to be the next pharaoh in Egypt in those first 40 years. So he was being trained and well-educated in everything that the Egyptians had to offer, which was tremendous education. I could go on and on uh, about what the Egyptians had to offer people and the gods they served, but they educated you so well, like, going, like me going to Harvard, you know, and, and getting all that great education. Uh, Moses had that. Um, what does Moses say? Verse 25 says, Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. So even though Moses was being educated as an Egyptian, he was still a Jew. He was still a Christian. He knew what his mission was. His mission was to do God's will. He didn't let that, 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 the Egyptians brainwash him. Even though he learned from them and it was extraordinary and had great speech, he knew who he was. Moses thought that he was ready, but not so. God had to humble him for 40 years uh, as a shepherd. Um, Moses, Moses, God has plans for you. Uh, in verse 35 and 36, this is the same Moses that had rejected with words who made you rule and judge. He was sent to them to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. We talked about that, how God himself, Jesus Christ, that appeared to him in the burning bush, and he led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt, uh, in the Red Sea, and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people, Jesus Christ. 
Moses is predicting Jesus Christ will be that prophet, will be raised up, and will be your Savior. So Moses was chosen by God because God knew he would be faithful deliverer. Uh, we're going to flip over to Hebrews and talk about his faith. Hebrews chapter 11. 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There you go. Moses, Moses refused to be known as Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Here we see have the faith that uh, Moses had in Jesus Christ. And he uh, uh, would rather uh, be uh, tortured and, and sent away than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Uh, he, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than any treasure of Egypt. Uh, he was looking forward to his reward. And what an example to you and I uh, as we're looking forward to our reward. Our reward may not be right here and now. It might be. Uh, I feel blessed and I tell people I feel like the luckiest man in the world because of what the God has done in me, my family, the church here, the community. I really do feel like the luckiest man. But I know there's a greater reward. And, and I, I look forward to that. And all of us should. And uh, he persevered. Why? Because he saw him who was invisible. Remember that. Why do you persevere? Because you see Jesus who's invisible. The Holy Spirit we can't see. We know it's here. We know it's in us. But it's invisible. We persevere because of that invisible Savior that we have. Brothers and sisters, true wealth is eternal. It's eternal. So Moses says, here I am. Here I am. But all of a sudden, let's go back to Exodus. Something strange happens. He says, who am I? Point number two. Let's read, uh, and this is what probably all of us can relate to. And, uh, you know, I, I think of the, the song that Casting Crowns sings. Uh, Something happens between the altar and the door. Something happens to each one of us between the word and when we go out there. Something happens. You know what happens? Satan tries to get a hold of you and tells you of all your weakness and all your, your disappointments. But the, the altar, the word of God, tells you how real the invisible God is. He's powerful and mighty. So don't let the altar and the door uh, you know, change you. Let's look at Exodus 3, 5 through 11. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, 
the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Priscites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring the people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Oh, I think we all say, who am I at some point? Who am I? And this is, uh, you know, this is a great Moses writing his own words down. And I can imagine is if I would write down my, all my weaknesses, I, I wouldn't want them to be read out here like we are reading about Moses right now. But God says to Moses, I am the great I am. I am going to do it, and I will. I'm going to use you. Who will display my power? By my mighty hand, I will display my power. I can really relate to Moses. You know, um, I think probably eight years ago, uh, you know, I went through a sort of a low point in my life. And uh, I had decided, I desired to be a preacher and a teacher. And I already, I've been preaching and teaching for 40 years, but only basically part-time as a lay preacher. I, I didn't get a degree in seminary, I, you know, I, I, I was no expert by any means, but I, I, had a, I had a big voice, a big personality, and a big love for God. And so that, in my mind, I was thinking I was ready to preach and re- lead a congregation. And, you know, in Romans 12, 3, rings through my mind as I thought about that. Uh, Romans, Paul says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has disrupt, distributed to each of you. I thought more of myself than I ought at that point in my Christian walk. I thought I could lead the congregation. And, you know, and, and thank God the congregation I was interested in took a week to think about it. And uh, well, they, they didn't like the idea. <laughs> they didn't like the idea. At first they did, but after a week of talking it over, they didn't like the idea. We had a meeting, and a lot of words were said that were unkind and very <laughs> hurtful. But God was at work in that. And uh, I walked out the door and went across the street and told Diane I wasn't going back there again because I didn't feel God was at work. Uh, you know, I, I was a stumbling block, and, and I realized I, I wasn't ready to do that. You know, God really spoke to me. Uh, and he said that, you know, I will show you the way, and he has bigger and better plans. So I, I went into God's word for a long time, and then, and then thankfully, Nick and Katie you know, came to the Lord, and I uh, had the privilege of baptizing him and watching your own child get interested and fired up about God. And then shortly thereafter, at the cross was born, and, uh, and, and, and incredible things were going on. And instead of me leading the congregation, Nicholas is leading the congregation in an inspirational and an incredible way doing awesome things as a man of God. And I'm sort of coming up alongside him and being a teacher and a a part-time preacher. And it was way better, way better than anything I could imagine, you know, way better. And God says to all of us, put yourselves in God's words and he will show you his holy ground. God said to Moses, be careful, don't come any closer, take off those feet, you're on holy ground. Brothers and sisters, we have the holy word of God right here. What a privilege. We get to read it, open it up, study it, live by it. But it is God's holy word. And he wants holy people to read his holy word. And uh, no doubt a lot of us, all of us are sinners and all of us fall short. 
But God is telling Moses, you're on holy ground. You're not ready to lead my people quite yet. It's not ready quite yet because the great I am will take care of things. In verse 10, in verse 10, uh, so he says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring the people, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. God says to Moses, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Get ready. Get ready. In verse 11, Moses says, who am I? You know, who am I? Uh, But you know, God knows better. God knows better. When you have those doubts, I I, I hate to tell you, but God knows better. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows that uh, right now you might say, who am I? But but next week you're going to say, God is great. God is, is powerful. God is mighty. The Word of God, I'm, I shared with somebody, inspires you, shows you you, you are not uh, who you think you are. You have a special mission. Let's read on in Exodus chapter 3, 12 through 15. God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship the God on this mountain. Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is the name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generations. God says, I will, I will be with you. Moses says, what's his name? <laughs> what shall I call his name? Moses is really asking for it at this point. You know, I, mean, I, I just can't imagine the, the give and take between God and Moses uh, as, as went on here. And, and it's so, so funny because God says, I am who I am. Uh, verse 15. Now notice, God is sending Moses on a mission. He goes, Moses, Moses, my name is forever. Uh, the beginning and the end. My name is Jehovah. My name is dynamic. My name is incredible. Always has and always will. Uh, Jesus takes, took on the same name. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the bread of the life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the great I am also. After all this conversation with God Almighty, what is Moses going to do? My point number three. He says, uh, pardon me, Lord. I go, how can he say that? Pardon me, Lord. <laughs> Pardon me, Lord. Exodus 4, 1 through 7. Exodus 4, 1 through 7. And Moses answers, if they do not believe me or listen to me, say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it to the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned it back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is that so that you may be, they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses puts his hand inside the cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put, put it back into your cloak, he said to Moses. So Moses puts his hand back into his cloak. When he took it out, it was restored like the rest of the flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they will believe the second. 
But if they do not believe the two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have been eloquent. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. Uh, excuses, excuses. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Moses is doubting himself, but God is a patient God. That's what I, I get out of this. God is such a patient God, and it's such a good lesson to all of us. Uh, here we see uh, God using the staff. Uh, this staff, an ordinary shepherd's staff, would be used by God in a powerful way. Then God uses uh, Moses' hands and shows him how only God can change your heart. He reaches in, it becomes leprous. He reaches back in, it becomes pure. The, the lesson uh, to us is, is in verse 15. And uh, 15 says, You shall speak to him, uh, you shall speak to him uh, and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. God says, I'm not going to accept, accept that excuse about uh, being slow to speak. I'm going to uh, take care of all that. And, uh, you, you know, and the same thing happens to us. You know, we, we say uh, we love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. We really do. I do love you with all our heart, mind, and soul. You know, but what, what is God going to use in you? You know, he might use your voice. He might use your voice. You know, Guitar Don has a, has a beautiful voice. And, and I, I love it, and, and he, he says the darndest things sometimes, too. And, and I, love, I love hearing Don's voice, and, and, and he uses that voice in a special way. But it might be a pen in your hands. It might be a simple note that you write down. Diane writes these beautiful notes, and she writes them to different people and encourages them on, and you might have gotten one. And, and Diane can't even write herself, but she gets others to write for her. And, but she uses that pen in a mighty way to share God's word. It might be a hammer. I used to use a hammer. I used a hammer a lot in this building, did a lot of finish work here, and others did a lot of destruction with a hammer here. It might be a broom cleaning up this place, uh, and, and, or it might be a special time with a brother or sister. I want you to think about that, your gift with a brother or sister. And God wants to use you in a special way with a brother or a sister. You know, don't keep God to yourself. God wants to work in you and through you but sometimes we keep coming up with excuses. Again, I say verse 10 through 12. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Now, you know, Moses seems to have a, a, a speech, speech, speech in it right now. I don't understand that. Because, you know, do you remember what happened to Moses when he was with the uh, Egyptians? He was powerful in speech and action. How can you go from being powerful in speech and action to being someone who seems like they, they can't talk? Uh, not anymore. Exodus 4, 13 through 17. Moses said, pardon your servant again. Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? Now I, know, I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak, and will teach you what, you, what to do. He will speak to the people for you, 
and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Um, now, God always answers. You know, and he, he says, uh, no excuses, Moses. I got someone coming to help you, your brother Aaron. Um, and uh, I sort of hated how Moses passes the buck. I don't like people who pass the buck. You know, <laughs> I, I've been a, a, I don't know, I guess a leader and a business guy for a long time. And even in my younger, younger days, I, I, I sort of knew God had a mission for me. And that was to lead, to uh, lead people, to, uh, to stand up for those who couldn't stand up themselves, perhaps. You know, I remember my brother Lee, uh, we used to call him Pee Wee, you know, and he was one year younger than me and he, he just... He just had a hard time. Uh, he, he was, I was an athlete. He was a, a bookworm, you know. And, and, the, and the guys, we used to make fun of him. And I would, I would stand up for Lee and, and every chance I could. And, and I, I loved that and, I, and uh, that fact that I did. And I did it for other people. But, you know, the part of being a leader that I learned over the years, it's, it's inspiring others to become leaders. You know, you might, be a, you might think you're a leader. But a real leader inspires others to be leaders. You, you, you know, it's not sitting on all your accomplishments. You know, and my brother Lee now is actually bigger than I am. And he's uh, been an elder of the church. And he's done tremendous things. Uh, been a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And I, I can tell you, you know, you know Lee is a leader. And, and that's, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, it's, I might have had a little something to do with it, but God had, had everything to do with it. So when you think you're a leader... Inspire others to be leaders in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So as Christians, uh, uh, we know that Christ is in us, and he's the one who gives us the strength, and he can change our world. I've watched so many uh, of you grow in Christ, be transformed. Uh, you know, and why is that? Because we are in God's word all the time. We are in God's word Sunday morning. We are in God's word the Monday night man's Bible study. We have a Wednesday night ladies study that's doing tremendous. We have a Thursday morning barbershop Bible study. We have Katie every other Friday doing Bible study down at Diane's house. Uh, our many days left in the, in the week that we aren't studying God's word. And that is, is what I'm so proud of. And that is what has transformed this church into a real living, Bible-believing, Christ-centered church. And I encourage you to get into Bible study. That is the answer. That is the answer. Allow God to work in you. And, you know, he will give you that staff. You know what that staff is? That staff is the word of God. Moses raised the staff in the seas part. You raise the word of God in your life. You will part the Red Seas in your life. You will change everything in your family. You will make a difference in your community. Lift your staff up the word of God. And if you have a hard time doing that, get a friend to come along and help you. <laughs> get a friend to come along and help you who knows the word of God. And he will change that. She will change that. That's, that's the difference. That's what Moses is doing. That's what God is telling him to use that staff, Moses. You can't raise it up. Raise the word of God up. Exodus chapter 4, 13 through 17. And I read that once, but I'm going to read it one more time. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. And the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him 
and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if you were in your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand so you can perform signs with it. God wasn't going to accept uh, Moses' excuses. God knew the beginning and the end. God knew that Moses was going to be the leader, the one to, to uh, lead his people out of, out of bondage. God knew Moses was going to be the man to write the first five books of his holy word. You can't imagine Moses thinking that right at this time. But, you know, what did God do? He gave Moses that staff and he gave his brother Aaron. And, the same, and God will do the same thing for you. My final point is hear my words and put them into practice. Let's, let's read in, in, uh, about another faithful prophet, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 12. And Jeremiah is very much like Moses, very much like Moses. And uh, starting in verse 4, Jeremiah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You, before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, he re I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Here we see another prophet. I'm too young. I don't know what to say. But Jeremiah, like Moses, uh, needed to have that faith in God and let God do his work in him. Brothers and sisters, God has work to do in you. Uh, I don't know what you get out of hearing Moses, Moses, but I get out, when I get out of Moses, Moses, I hear Rick, Rick. Do my word. Do my will. Be obedient. Share my word. Go wherever you can. Touch whoever you can, because I will be with you. I am the great I am. We have to have confidence in that, that God is the great I am, and he will work in each one of us. And he says to Jeremiah, I set you apart. You have been set apart. You have been set apart. Each one of you are one of God's people. You've been set apart. And Jesus is always calling you. Uh, Moses uh, called the good Lord and then asked, out, but God knew better. I may have done the same thing a long time ago. I may have done the same thing a long time ago. You know what? Uh, Diane came to the Lord back in 1974, I think the, the year Nicholas was born. And uh, we, we were good people. We were good people. I had a great job. She was a great lady, beautiful Italian woman who, who uh, just was a knockout. She was my, my beautiful wife in but she found Jesus. She found Jesus. And I said, why do you need to get baptized? We've already been baptized as babies. That's ridiculous. I, I was prideful, a prideful man. Diane did not listen to me. Did not listen to me. She listened to Jesus. 
I'm telling you, Jesus is speaking to you right now. Don't listen to those voices in your head that said, pardon me, God, I can't do that. Diane went forward and, and she converted me. And Jesus spoke to me in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and we had never been the same since. Never. Our family done cr crazy things. Despite her MS, she still inspires today. And uh, Moses is the rock. Moses stands on the rock. And uh, I'm going to read one final scripture and ask you, who do you build your house on? Luke chapter 6. Jesus' words to you and I. My point number four is put, hear my words and put them into practice. Hear Jesus' words right now. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you that what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was built. It was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Uh, what have you built your life on? Build it on the rock. Build it on the rock right now. It's, it's time. You know, no more excuses. Hear my words, Jesus says, and, and build it on the rock. You know, Jesus called Moses, Moses from that burning bush, you know, and he calls us today. And uh, we had our doubts, but God did two things with, with Moses. He gave him a staff. He gave us our staff, the Word of God. He gave him Aaron, a friend to come up alongside you to encourage you on and build you up. You know, I, I implore you to let that friend come alongside you and encourage you on if, if, you're, if you have those excuses. And, and you know those excuses. I know those excuses. Don't let him talk to you anymore. Get your staff, the Word of God, out. Get into a fellowship, get into a Bible study, get, into, get with somebody who, who wants to encourage you and build you up so that you can be that Moses, Moses. Next week, part two of Moses. You know, I, I told the, uh, one of my co-workers, says, how do you do a two-part sermon? I said, there's always two parts to our lives, the, the part before Jesus and the part after Jesus. You know, there's always two parts. There's always two parts in every, almost every story you read in the Bible. And I said, when you, you, you doubt right now, Richard, someday you'll accept Jesus and you'll believe and your life will never be the same. So two-part next time, Moses is going to do incredible things. Uh, I encourage you to stand as we sing the song of invitation. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.